0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I'll read this verse to you, a couple of verses in 2 Chronicles, verse 12. And it's talking of King Rehoboam. And uh, it says this about him. It says in verse 13, Thus King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 41 years old when he came, became king. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nehemiah or, or however you pronounce it, and Ammonitus. In verse 14, it said, and he did evil. He did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. He did evil because he did not. Prepare his heart to seek the Lord. The new King James said he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. The word prepare, it means to set up or to fashion or to fasten or to fix or to establish stability. It means to become stable. He didn't make the correct preparations in his heart to do what was right. It says that he sinned. It doesn't say that he sinned because he wanted to sin. But it said that he sinned, he messed up, he fell, not because it was his heart to sin, but he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. And, and I want to preach a little bit surrounding this thought um, for us for 2017 about the power of a prepared heart. The power of a prepared heart. And, and before I preach, it's great. I've got um, my sister, Rebecca. She preached. How many divine here women were here the other night? She preached the other night, um, a.k.a. Bishop Beck. She's known on the street. They talk about her like that. Um, then uh, Liz is here. My other sister, my little sister is here. I've got my best mate, Phil, is here. My brother, Josh, is also here. My niece, my niece, who is, how old are you, 18? 18. 18, single, I dare you, I dare you to come to me and ask me if you can date her. I I've told her she's allowed to date when she's 30, and uh, she's really looking forward to that. And, um, so, but give it up for them. It's awesome having, having, uh, having them here. And, uh, but as, I, as we look at this and talk about this, I want to tell you there is power in a heart that is prepared. There is power in a heart that has made a decision what you're going to do this year for God, what you're going to set your heart on for God. It says that Rehoboam, it said he did sin, he fell, he messed up because he did not prepare his heart. What we can do is I find often we begin, we can begin a year with great intentions. How many of you made a, you had a new year, there was a New Year's, Resolution. Come on, wave at me if you did a New Year's resolution. You're gonna, this is what you're gonna do for this year. I think everybody, uh, something that I do every year is come January after the fast, I make a decision that this year I'm gonna eat good. This year, all year. <laughs> Thanks for laughing at me. I appreciate it. This year, you're like, oh, that's stupid. He's not gonna do that. This, this year, you make a decision this year, you're gonna eat good. I'm not gonna have any sugar. Come on, no carbs. I'm gonna get in shape this year. It's my year. That's my intention this year. I do it every year. Every year I do it. My weakness is whenever Caressa and I go to the movies, go to see a movie, go to the cinema. Because you know you have all the 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 you know, candy and popcorn and all the, the deal going on there. Driving to the cinema, I'm convinced I'm not I'm not gonna have I'm not having candy. I'm not doing it. I say, Caressa, you can do your thing. I say, it's for me and my house. We're not, I'm not doing that. You do your thing. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Again, and the closer, you know that you get to the ticker box, you're still feeling strong. You still feel good. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You know, if you read that they say, if you don't want to eat bad, where you're, if you're going for dinner and you don't want to eat bad, they say, drink a lot of water. You ever done that? That is the biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard in my life. If you ever done that? You walk into the restaurant, your gut's out here because you've got about three gallons of water in you. You just go pee and then go eat whatever the heck you want. It doesn't, didn't do anything for me. I get to the cinema. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. 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 As you're saying it, you're walking towards the counter. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Three sour patch, please. Three patch. I'm not, gonna, I'm not doing it. My wife, those, the sour patch. Oh my gosh. They're from the pit of hell, like little, those little, sour, they're like little demons that talk to me. Anyone want to be honest? You know what I'm talking about? Little, it's the squishy, the sour, the combination of sour and sweet. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And then you, you get in there, I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Chris will say, do you want sour patch or not? I'm like, fine, just get the sour I get mad. You know, I'm starting to get angry at my wife. She's like, do you want? Fine, fine, just get them. Get the, get Get and get me some too. Just she asked me, "Get is that all you want?" Fine, just get the peanut M and M's, whatever. Just yeah, like we're standing at the line. I'm like, and just get them. Just but then of course you get up there and you realise if you get the Sour Patch and you get the M and M's, it's stupid not to get a combo because you're gonna save money. He's going to say money, it's not about me and what I want. It's about the fact that I'm being a good steward of my finances, like the Word says. And yes, I'm going to get popcorn and a large Coke, sour patch and maybe a little pretzel because it's about stewarding. Stewarding what God has given me. You hate all you want, but it's about stewarding. You get in the cinema, it's finished. All of the food is finished before the movie starts. Don't look at all of those people that patiently just have little bit as a movie. Don't you hate those people that are walking out of the cinema with half a bag of candy? Like, what have you been doing the whole movie? I finished my candy before the movie even started. You're going to get with a program. You're going to do it, do it right. But you come in. I find that if you just approach a situation or a scenario with just good intentions, just a thought of you know i mean i'm going to try i'm going to i'm going to see how i go and you know try listen you're going to fail every single time if we prepare if we fail to prepare then we prepare to fail and we can we can you know joke and talk about it but really what i'm talking about is it's making a decision for your life that you are going to set your heart position your heart toward the Lord this year in 2017. That you're not gonna approach your spiritual life with just, well, we'll just, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna try to be at church each week. I'm gonna try and sort of read the Word. I'm gonna try, I mean, we'll see what happens. Let me tell you something. If you approach your Christian walk like that, you are gonna fail every single time. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy for your life when it comes to the things of God. What breakthroughs, as we've declared over our church and over our life, it's a year of breakthrough. What breakthroughs are you believing for, for this year? What is the plan? What is the strategy? What are the things that you want to overcome in your life? Is this going to be the year that you beat insecurity once and for all in your life? Is it going to be the year that you overcome fear and doubt and unbelief? Is it going to be the year that your family breaks through? And what are you doing to achieve that breakthrough you're believing for? It's a plan. It's a strategy. If I was to sit down with most business, most of you that own businesses, you could sit down and you could tell me a two, four, five, ten year plan for your business. We have plans. We have schedules. The kids have school schedules. Some of you have a diet plan or a fitness plan or strategies on what you want to do. We strategize in every other area of our life except when it comes to spiritually. What's the the plan and strategy that you have for your life? Because in this story, when it talks about this King Rehoboam, it says that it doesn't say that he, he sinned because he wanted to. I've found that so often when we hear of people messing up, there's not many people that, I hear that mess up and fall and sin and fall into sin or fall into doubt and unbelief or fall into fear or fall into wrong thinking. There's not many people that say, I did it because that's what I wanted to do. I made a decision that I was just going to do that. No, so often it's people saying, you know what, I just didn't want to do it. If our heart is not fixed on what we want to do, we will fall into the things that we don't want to do. Why is it that so often we can find ourselves falling into doubt and unbelief? If you don't want to fall into doubt and unbelief, you've got to fix and set your heart on faith. If you don't want to fall into wrong thinking, you've got to position and fix your heart on right thinking. The Bible says that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. You've got to strategize and say, you know what? I'm not going to think like that this year. In fact, I'm not just not only going to think, I'm not going to think like that. I'm going to make a decision to think according to the Word of God and fix my heart upon the things that are in the Word of God that He tells me I need to fix my heart upon is living this year in 2017 with a heart that's fixed, with a heart that is set toward the things of God. One of the things that happens when our heart is fixed or centred toward the things of God is it gives, you, it gives you a purpose and gives you a vision. In Psalm 78 verse 8, it's talking about the children of Israel and it says, It may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart right and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The children of Israel, they didn't come out of Egypt and, and, and just start wandering around the desert for 40 years and end up messing up and missing out on the promised land, that generation, because they wanted to. They did it because they did not set their heart in that right place. Too many people that I hear they make they 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 head off into scenarios without a set heart on what it is that they're going to do, without a set heart on what it is that God is calling you to. In Second Chronicles, as we're reading about this scenario, it talks about Rehoboam in Second Chronicles, earlier on, eleven, verse seventeen. It talks about Rehoboam and it says that what he actually did was he had some good people around him for this season. And it says that he went for three years and it said he was strong. It says that he actually walked in the ways of David, of his father Solomon and his grandfather David. He set out, Rehoboam didn't set out to mess up. Rehoboam didn't set out to fall, didn't set out to sin, but it said, it actually said he went for a season of doing well. But when you make a decision that you're going to set your heart toward the things of God, doing well won't just be a season for you. It will be a lifestyle. You're not created to go up and down and up and down. You're created, the Bible says, to go from glory to glory. That means up and up again. That's what God has for you. But if you want to do that and operate like that and continue to grow and continue to step into a greater level, you've got to make a decision to set your heart, prepare your heart toward the things of God. In James 1, verse 6 to 8, it says, But let let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all His ways. If you don't want to be someone that's that's unstable, I like so many different times you see people that's unstable, it's, it's flaky. They they don't know what what they're doing. They don't know what they believe. One minute they're here, and then the next, if they're in this group, they're over here. And and then you see people in relationships. I I've been youth pastor for so many years in in Australia, and you would talk with young people and leaders, and and I would always say, okay, what is God saying to you? And then they would say, well, God's telling me not to date this person. And then, you know, a few months later, you look and you see them dating. It's like, okay, did God, is God schizophrenic? Did He change His mind? Is He not sure what, what's going on here? What is it? It's unstable. Dude's say, well, God's told me not to date her. And then you walk in you see her flicking her hair and you're like, hey, let's hang out. It's, well, it's unstable. It's, it's like, bro, what, what is God saying? What do you believe? Is your heart fixed upon the things of God? Or is your heart floaty? Is it flaky, dependent on who's around and dependent on what's going on and dependent on on things, scenarios? Well, let's sort of wait and see. God doesn't have a wait or see sort of mindset or plan for your life. He knows what He wants for your life. He has a blueprint for your life. And if you wanna walk into the fullness of what God has for you, you've gotta set your heart toward the things of God. Daniel said in Daniel Chapter, three, uh, chapter nine, verse three said, then I set my face toward the Lord to make request and prayer. I love that terminology. He's talking about the way in which he's praying. When you pray and you get with the Lord, you've got to set your face toward the Lord. That speaks to me and, and I felt like it speak to me about no other, there is no other option. This not, I'm not believing anything else. So I'm not going to get 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 coerced into anything else. This is what I'm praying for. This is what I'm believing for. There is no other option. For those of you, and I felt in on my, my heart in the last service as well, you're believing for God to do things in your family. Have no other option. There is no other option but breakthrough. There's no other option but unity. There is no other. I'm not going to settle for anything less than the perfect will of God for my life and for my family. Set your face toward God. Set your heart toward Him and say, this is what I'm believing for. I am believing for God's best. Those that are believing for a spouse, there's no other option. Don't settle for just the, the, the first sort of slick talking idiot that comes past just because you, you've run out of option. No, listen, set your heart and say, you know what? I'm believing for God's best. I'm going to wait for Him to guide me. He's going to direct me. I'm not talking about a perfect person. There's no such thing about a perfect person. But I am saying, don't let yourself get get scattered and and wandered and set your face toward the Lord. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to believe that God's going to guide me. God's going to direct me. I'm not going to settle. A set heart, setting a heart, it requires a, to set your heart, it requires a level of, of ownership. You have to set your heart before the Lord. Because look at what happened here. And this is an interesting one because it's, 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 Rehoboam actually went through, as we just talked about, he had these few years of, of doing well. He had these few years of, of, he was strong in 2 Chronicles 11, verse 16. But look at this it says, and after the Levites left, Those from all the tribes of Israel, such as set their hearts to seek the Lord God. So these are Levites. that These are other people that have set their heart to seek the Lord. Came to Jerusalem to sacrifice to the Lord God of their fathers. Look at this. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and made Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, strong for three years. So look at what happens. Rehoboam goes, he's in this season of strength. Why? Because he's got people around him who have their hearts set toward the Lord. But look at what happens here. Then this is what I believe happens. We We will go for a season. Paul talks about it like this. You go from milk... To meet, it talks about a season. what is milk? If you talk about milk in regard to feeding a newborn infant, milk is, is, is nourishment that has already gone through. The mother provides milk to the infant it 's talking about you getting around, get around the right people it 's this season where you get around the right people, maybe you 're a new Christian. And, and you're, you're still setting your heart toward the Lord. You still, I would say, get around people that have their hearts set toward the Lord. Get that, that milk, go through that, that season of growing. But then if you want to continue to grow, you've got to step from that season. Paul talks about it and says, now, now you were receiving milk. Now it's time for you to go from milk to meat. Milk talks of revelation that you got from someone else, but meat talks of revelation that you got yourself. So you've got to know what it is. If you want to be someone that sets your heart straight, you've got to know what it is to step out of that season, still keep the right people around you, but you don't depend on those people anymore to set your heart straight. You know what it is to get before God yourself. You're not depending on mum to do it anymore, dad to do it anymore. It doesn't matter what they, those people around you do or say anymore. You know what it is to take ownership for your own heart and say, you know what? I'm going to get before God. I'm going to get revelation. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to set my heart before the Lord. Amen. This was what Rehoboam did not do. He just rode off. He just rode off the strength of those people around him. We've got to understand that there is power. When we come together. There is power in, in making that decision to set your heart and take, take the ownership of that. See, you know what, I'm going to get, if no one tells me to read my word, I'm going to read my word anyway. There you go. If, no, if no leader follows me up to see if I'm praying, to see if I'm seeking the Lord, do you know what, I'm going to seek the Lord anyway. I'm going to get in the word of God. I'm going to grow myself. I'm going to hunger after the things of God. The Bible says hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'm going to get in his presence. I'm, I'm going to take ownership for my life. Ownership for what God is calling me to. A set heart, a position heart is something that is, it's a practice. It's something that's practiced. Daniel, the story of Daniel in the lion's den, and I'm going to begin wrapping it up in a moment. But in the story of Daniel in the lion's den, it says that when Daniel found out that the decree went out, it says when he saw that they signed that decree, that meant that he was about to go to the lion's den. The Bible says that Daniel then went and he went before an open window and he prayed. And the Bible says, one of the interpretations said, he went to and prayed as he had done before. Why was Daniel able to set his heart in the middle of tough times? Because he knew what it was to set his heart before the Lord when times were good. Too often, why do you get hit? You get hit from left field. Something happened in your family that you weren't expecting and it shakes you. It, it rattles you. We've, we've got to know what it is to actually get with God. It's a practice. So you don't, wait for, for it's not, you don't wait for sickness to hit your home before you start declaring healing. You know what it is to declare healing and plead the blood of Jesus over your house well before sickness even comes knocking at the door. You're not, when, when the enemy comes and tries to hit your life and tries to hit your kids and hit your face. you're not scrambling, trying to call a pastor, trying to get a verse from somebody. You know what it is to stand on the Word of God because you've practised it. When no one was around, when things were going good, you know what it is to get before God. You've got to understand that the purpose and destiny that God has for your life, the enemy's not just going to let it happen. You can't just sort of waltz into 2017 and just sort of throw up breakthrough because Pastor Jensen did and you know what I mean, and throw it around a little bit in January, have a fast, and then just settle back down and walk into your destiny. The enemy's coming after you. I'm not trying to scare you. It's the truth. John 10, 10 says that kill, steal and destroy. That's his plan for your life. These guys, we're going to watch the Super Bowl today. Let's pray for Atlanta. Thank you, Jesus. But we're going to watch the, the Super Bowl. You think, you think these guys, you think they're going to get together in that huddle and be like, hey, guys, come on, let's, let's just go and just give it the best we've got. When I used to play, we used to play Australian rules football. And it's, it's rough. It's violent. It's, it's a fight. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. And we used to get, you know, get before in the locker room. It's like what you would do. you get pumped up and you get, but there's always that one idiot in the team. And, and he's, he's like the nice guy. He's not very good. And, and you're just getting pumped up. and You're ready to go out and you've got a plan. And you've got a strategy. And he's like, hey, guys, let's remember, let's have fun. And you're like, like, who invited this guy? Like. Guys, remember, we, let's do, let's give it our best. You're like, your best? You, you think you're going to walk out? You think you're going to go out there like, with that attitude of, well, I'm just going to give it my best. I hope you're not defending me giving it your best. You're about to get knocked out if you go out giving it your best. What I'm saying is we laugh about it, but that's how we approach the, our Christian walk sometimes. You wake up in the morning, you've got no plan. You haven't read your Word. You haven't sought God. You haven't encountered His presence. You're just going out there. It's like a soldier the Bible talks in Ephesians about the armour of God. It's like going out into the battle in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt, wondering why the enemy beats you up all the time. You've got to wake up and say, I've got a strategy. I've got a plan. I'm walking out there. I know what I'm doing. I know who my God is. I know what verses I'm standing on. I know what I've declared. I know what I'm walking in. I know that He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me. And I'm not going to get beat down today because I'm on the winning team. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. God's on my side. Come on, you've got to know what it is to declare it, walk in it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You've got to have this rolling off the end of your tongue. It's got to be practised. The thing was that Rehoboam, he had done everything in the natural you can look at it and for sake of time, you can look at the story later for sake of time. We can't go there. But he did everything in the natural. The Bible says that he he prepared it, said that he stored up food. He had oil, he'd stored up oil. He had stored up wine. He had done everything in the natural. He was prepared. What was it? What it talks about is when in the natural they would store. What's he doing? He's storing up food. For the tough times, he's storing up food for when there isn't food. He's got a reserve. He did everything in the natural right, but he neglected the spiritual. Do you have a spiritual reserve that's going to get you by? Or when you face tough times, are you running, trying to find someone that's got some reserve that that you can draw down from? Because that's what he was called to do. When the king stored up, he wasn't just storing up for himself. He was storing up for others. That's how we're going to impact a community is when you, you meet someone in your workplace or you talk to someone and they're going through a challenge. but you're, they're, they're going through a difficult time, but you've stored up. You've got a stored up spirit. You can say, you know what? I'm feeling a bit of faith right now. You know, I know you're going through some challenges. I know you're going through, but man, I feel, I feel some faith for you. This is not just about me. See, where we, we get this idea that church is about us, your salvation's about you for about, the time it takes you to walk from your seat to come down the front to receive Jesus, that's how long your salvation's about you. The moment you receive Jesus and walk out, it becomes about everybody else. So if you know what it is to store up, Get so full of the presence of God because you've, you've, you've positioned yourself and you stood up. You, you meet that person that needs a breakthrough. and say, you know what, man, I've got some faith for you. Let's pray right now. And you can, you can hand them something that you've encountered. But the problem is, is we live our Christian walk. We're running into church. We're not getting in the Word. We're not encountering God. And we run into church depleted and emptied. And we're like, Pastor, I need a word. Pastor, I need a, I need a word. I'll give you a word, but it needs to be something that's overflowing. It's got to be, you've got to already have something. Church needs to not be just a place where you're fed. It's a place where we celebrate what God has done in your life, Monday to Saturday. But what happens is we, we, we come in and we're depleted. We say, God, give me a word. And then we get a little word. And that'll last us sort of Monday, Tuesday. And then we spend the rest of the day, spiritual rest of the week, spiritually starved. And we wonder why we're not seeing people around us saved. We wonder why when that person in your workplace is talking about the divorce that they're going through, we wonder why we don't have enough faith. While we're so full of fear, fear of man, fear of what they're gonna say, fear that we can't reach out and say, bro, can I pray for you? Because whatever areas in our heart is depleted, Through not storing up the things of God, the enemy will fill. Some of you, you you battle the challenges of doubt and unbelief because you've allowed room. Get get so full of God's Word that nothing else can get in there. Get so full of His presence that nothing else can come in. There's nothing else that can get in there. It's, It's living a life that's stored up. Fixing our heart upon the things of God. I'm going to close. Our keys can come. Rehoboam in this story, you can read earlier in the story, earlier in the chapter. It talks about, there's a part of the story where it talks about what Rehoboam did. And it gives us an idea of, of how he operates. Which I think is key to that verse that we're talking about. Where he didn't seek the Lord. Because understand... Rehoboam was someone that did everything in the natural to make, make things look good, look nice. Because the story, it tells me that because earlier in the chapter, it talks about where the Egyptians came because what they had was they had these shields. He had these gold, solid gold shields that were on the wall. I mean, these things were a big deal. They were a sign of strength for, for Judah at the time. And the Bible says that 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 the Egyptians came and they stole the gold shields. They took off with them. King Rehoboam comes and he sees that they're taking the shields. Instead of running down the enemy and getting back exactly what the enemy stole, King Rehoboam said, no, 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 don't worry about it. Let's just put brass shields up. So when people come, I want you to just put brass shields up, polish them so they will look like it's gold. Gives you an idea of how this dude operates. Basically, he's saying, listen, it doesn't matter what's really going on. As long as everything just looks good, I'm cool with that. Let's, let's just make it look good. Doesn't matter if we don't have the depth. Doesn't matter if we don't really have a breath. As long as we just look like we're hungry for God, as long as I just, you know, as long as it doesn't matter if, if, I, if, if my heart isn't desperate for that breakthrough. But as long as I shout when pastor says breakthrough, maybe people will think that I really have a heart for breakthrough. But as long as, as long as I just, everything just, see, understand, uh, fixing your heart is a heart issue, not just an actions issue. We know what it is to position and fix our actions to seeking God. We know it's so good. If you've been in church for any amount of time, we know what it is. And here in my heart, I'm not discrediting these things. But we know what it is to raise our hands. We know what it is to, to dress up nice for church on a Sunday. We know what it is to, to put the smile on. And we know what it is. Maybe, maybe, man, maybe it's like you're super Christian. You come to church midweek, you know, like a Wednesday or something. You know what it is to come on a Wednesday and maybe you will see one of the pastors or leaders. And hear me, I'm not, I'm not discrediting those things. But what I am saying is don't let it be just actions that are seeking the Lord. Let it be a heart. Because the Bible says that out of the overflow of the abundance of our heart, the mouth will speak. Which means the actions, they're important but they will come naturally. When you have a heart that's seeking the Lord, you can't stand in worship with your hands down. I don't care who you are. You can't. You can't. When your heart is coming into a service saying, God, if I do not encounter you today, I'm not leaving here. You can't stand in worship like that. You, you, you're out of the overflow. When your heart is positioned saying, Lord, I'm setting my heart toward you, your hands are going to come up out of surrender saying, God, I need you, I need your touch. You can't, you can't, listen. It's not even about, it's about when you encounter Him, we, won't, we don't have to put on something special next week on Sunday to get you to come back to church. Forget that. If you encounter Jesus and you've got a heart for God, we won't be able to keep you out of church. We can be doing. It's the heart when it happens in here. What can God do with hearts that are set toward Him? They say, I'm not deviating. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know it's challenging. I know all of these things are going on. I know these people are saying this and they're saying that. What is your heart? Is your heart set toward God? We need Christians that that know what it is to stand on the Word of God and say, man, you tell me what you want. But this is where my heart is set. i got a revelation. Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Not just because your mum told you or your dad told What's your revelation? Because when you get around that group of people, mum and dad are not going to be there. You're going to have to stand on your own two feet and know what you believe and why you believe it. you have got to say, this is who I am. This is the word I stand on. This is the revelation I have because my heart is fixed toward the Lord. Right across this room, I want us to all just stand to our feet. I'm going to close real quick.